Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. A swing and a high fly ball. This could be trouble. It's at the wall. And it's a gunner! Welcome to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Oh, yeah! On America's Sports Voice. KMOX Happy Mother's Day. Tom Ackerman with you at 10.06. Just got off the phone with my mom, Monty Summers. We had a great chat. I'm going to try to see her from a distance later today. That's a, that's the tough part about it. I heard uh, I heard uh, the Heisies, actually, on our the show before this, talking about that right out of the gate. That's the the hard part right now. They Their kids live out of town, so mm-hmm. they you know speak to them virtually through, <laughs> you know, Zoom and Facebook and whatever else they can get their hands on. But uh, I'll try to see mom and say hi from, you know, what, 10 feet. It's not easy, though. You no. want to give her a hug. I want to give her a big hug, but I, yeah. you know, I can't do that right now. Right. And, uh, yeah. you know, I understand that. Uh, my uh, girls are right now at Innsbruck with their mommy. Nice. And uh, we will be, uh, re- I was just there. Mm-hmm. Caught a few bass last night, Brian. Did you? Yes, I did. Nice. And evening to be out there. left there this morning. My six forty five sports guest didn't work out so well. I tried mm-hmm. to call you from my driveway before I left, and mm-hmm. the, the signal wasn't so good. So. Yeah, not not real good. No, I kind of even from the very beginning, it didn't sound good. Like you could have cut it after probably five ten seconds and wouldn't have hurt my feelings. But you hung in there as long <laughs> as you could. We tried to. Yeah, you know. Uh, but uh, we came through strong. I think at seven fifteen on with uh, some great highlights. Yes. And today's a big, big day. Mm-hmm. Game six of the two thousand eleven World Series. Where were you uh, that fine evening? Kind of a funny story. This is before my wife and I had moved in together. So she was in Florissant, and I was at my home outside of Waterloo. And I'm watching the game, and she says, "I think I'm going to go to bed. This looks like it's over. You know, whatever. But call me if anything uh, happens. You know." So I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm just, for some reason, it never hit me that they were going to come back like this. And so after, it might have been after they tied it or something, maybe the second time, she called me and said, boy, am I glad I'm not depending on you. (laughs) (laughs) And to this day, this morning, she texted me. She says, I remember where I was. And I said, yeah, I know. Doggone it. I'll never live that down. So I was down in the ballpark, game six, and it was 7-4 Rangers. They put... Three runs on the board in the seventh. Beltre solo homer, Cruz solo homer, Kinsler RBI single. So we move on to the, that's in the top of the seventh. Cardinals mm-hmm. don't score in the bottom of the seventh. So now we're in the eighth inning. 
And I pull the guys downstairs that were working and into our studio behind home plate. And I said, we need to prepare as if they lose this game. What do we do? End of the season. How do we handle the coverage? You know, they only have six outs here. Yeah. And as we're in there, this happens. Greg with a homer and three RBIs in this World Series. He's batting for the first time after replacing Holiday. The pitch. Swing and a high fly ball. Left field. Way back. And it's a gunner. Now the Cardinals are down by two. Seven to five, Texas. So Craig hits a home run. Now it's seven five, and I'm like, "All right, everybody, we got to go back outside." <laughs> <laughs> and we had seen the Rangers family had come downstairs. Wow, family members had come down to go to the clubhouse at that point. Champagne and beer had been wheeled. Not kidding, wheeled towards the Rangers clubhouse in preparation. This is in the eighth inning. Craig hits the home run. And then we all know what happened. We went out, Ben Boyd, our executive sports producer, and I went out to the green seats because we had heard some people had gotten up and left. And we asked the usher, are there two seats together that we could sit in behind home plate? And he said, you bet, right here. These people did leave. So we sat there and watched Freeze's triple Mm -hmm. that tied the game miraculously and went back in the studio to grab something before we ran back out to go to the 10th, and we saw the family go, the Rangers family go back upstairs. <laughs> See, they were putting the plastic up in the, in the clubhouse right. yet? And that's right. Uh-huh. And then in the 10th inning, Hamilton hits the homer. The bottom of the 10th, the Cardinals tie it. Terry RBI ground out. Berkman RBI single. Mm-hmm. And then we all know what happened at the end, which they were playing. I'll never forget this. They were playing LL Cool J's Mama Said Knock You Out as... David Freeze is walking to home plate to lead off the 11th. And the first line of that song is, don't call it a comeback. And I remember, I just remember hearing that song so well. I'm like, to myself, I'm like, what if he, what if he goes yard here? Just to myself, you know, and boom, he hits one to center field. We could see it just perfectly look because we were standing behind him like he was hitting a tee shot and he crushes it. It lands in the lawn and it's all over. And the Cardinals, I think it was such a raucous party that night, all mm-hmm. night, that people realized, oh, my God, there's another game. So game seven, and the crowd was kind of dead early. Yeah. And then the Cardinals rally. Freeze gets a big, big hit to get them rolling, and then it was just, you know, history made. So anyway, game six is tonight. I just can't wait for the – or today. It's yeah, a new today. today. Great way I had, to spend Mother's Day. Yeah, I think, day I, I think it's good. It times out perfectly. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. And we had uh, uh, somebody mention to me on Twitter. He said, I hope this game's at noon today because I'm going to be grilling all day outside mm-hmm. for Mother's Day. Yeah, I really could use a game. I'm like, here's some good news. And it's, <laughs> it's like four and a half hours. It's like four and a half hours, yeah. and it's at noon today. So you have that game for you folks at noon. Coming up next is Cardinals manager Mike Schilt. We will talk to him about Mother's Day, about the Cardinals, about 2020, and what it looks like uh, trying to play some baseball. So we're going to see if we can get any more details from him. And then in the 11 o'clock hour, Chris Pronger. I spent time with him on my garage happy hour Thursday. He that was, was really fun. Thank you. He, yes. he, he was really good. Some of the stuff well, we we won't be able to run just because we will run out of time. Also, we might have been using some foul language a little bit late as as the drinks were flowing. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we'll play the beginning 20 minutes for you. And uh, John Mosellock is with us at 11.30. Chris Raby will be with us at 11.45. This is Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Mike Schilt is next. 
The following is a special presentation of sports on a Sunday morning. Welcome to the Mike Schilt Show on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome to the show. Tom Ackerman with you on Mother's Day. And it's great to be joined by the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals, the NL Central Champions, the 2019 NL Manager of the Year, Mike Schilt. How are you, Mike? Doing great, Tom. How about yourself, sir? Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to you and your great family. Happy Mother's Day to Michelle. How is she? She's fantastic. You know, special, loving, um, amazing um, wife, but uh, just an unbelievably great mother. And um, I'm happy to be a part of her day of celebration for Mother's Day. She's a great one. Those two little girls are fun to be around, huh? Yeah, they're special. They're they're wonderful girls, and and, uh, she's done a great job of raising them, and they've... uh, they're just, they're just sweethearts. Well, it's great to hear you, as always. Great to have you on these Sundays. And I know that this is an emotional day for you. Your mother uh, passed away last year. Lib Schilt was a big part of your life, a big part of the baseball world, for sure, uh, in Maryland and uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina, Mike. Yeah, tough day for that. Um, blessed to be around Michelle and her girls. and um, But, uh, yeah, tough day. And, Miss her obviously, and I uh, know she's with us. And um, but uh, you know, still not, not an easy day. She was uh, a big part of the reason why you're in baseball, isn't she? Yeah, for sure. You know, she grew up. Uh, I grew up in a double A clubhouse where she was an administrative assistant for eight years, and um, just got a chance to be around it from a very early age, starting at eight. Um, and, you know, she loved it, and. You know, it was just such a good time in, in um, the double-A clubhouse, the double-A ballpark in Charlotte with the O's and a lot of great people. And, um, and, and you know, Tom, you know this. I mean, baseball just has a, and has, as long as I've been in the game, just a lot of good people that, um, you know, different characters and, and different styles. But end of the day, pretty much everybody in baseball is good-hearted and, and uh, fun and enjoyable and easy to get along with and there's a family atmosphere to it based on how much time you spend together that that I've always appreciated. What was that first experience like for you working at the ballpark? And your mom helped you get that gig, but how was how was that? What was that like for you as a, as a young Yeah, man? I, I I tell the story and um it was great, you know, I'm 8 years old, I loved the game and I just loved being active and um you know, it was back then, you know, in for Charlotte the double-A team was pretty much the only gig in town. You know, NASCAR was had some had some um, presence, but, you know, the Hornets weren't there. The Panthers clearly weren't there. Um, we really didn't have – we had a little bit of a minor league hockey team. But, you know, it was a big deal. And, of course, Charlotte wasn't as big then, but um, it's all relative. And so, anyway, being there and being in a professional setting and being at the, the place to go – and I grew up an a Orioles fan. And uh, – where my family's originally from Maryland, so my dad lived and was raised in Baltimore. So, um, and that'd be the double-A team of the Orioles was was pretty cool. And, you know, so I'm eight years old. I'm clearly impressionable, and, you know, I have a lot of access um, to the ballpark. I can run and go, and and uh, I won't say as I please, but, you know, I could get in the clubhouse. I could, um, you know, go to the press box. I could, I could pretty much, you know, explore – within reason what I wanted to respectfully and um, just just create a lot of opportunities for me to candidly that allow me to do what I do now because I got exposure to things 
on a lot of different levels and see the inner workings of how, how it goes without even realizing I was being exposed to it. You know, I watched you after you won the NL Central title and your team celebrated on the field, and I kept my eyes on you, and you went out, and I know this is like something that's obvious to you, and, and but I caught my eye. You went out and you thanked as the guys were get, going out on the field to work on the field right away, Bill Finley and his staff. You went out and you were thanking uh, all of the people that work on the field, and I thought, well, you know, that's there's a, a guy with a baseball background. He knows what everybody's role is. That's that's because he did it. Yeah, you know, I pulled tarps, you know, at 10 years old, you know, a part of the tarp crew. Um, you know, once I was big enough and probably wasn't in not to be swept under it and pulled away by it when the wind blew, but, um, you know, I saw it and I felt break the field and get the field dry for games and you know, you look up, we got amazing, beautiful um, field um, that Bill and his crew take such amazing good care of. And, uh, you know, they work really hard. And every day we're at home, there's what can we do for you? How can we do it? And they're just on point. And, um, you know, you might think, well, that's their jobs. And it is their jobs, but they're really good at it. They they um, are there to serve us and do whatever we can to, to do the best we can on that given day. And, um, I mean, they're always on point. So, you know, it's a – Anytime you win something um, that's in, a, in an organizational team setting, there's a lot of people that that have a, have a hand in it. And you, just, you know, that particular day, I just want to make sure they knew I appreciated it, and you know, they could celebrate with us, and and, and deservingly so, they had earned it with us. Going back to that little Mike Schilt running around the ballpark, I like the fact that your mom gave you the freedom to go discover those things and do that on your own. But I'm pretty sure that at the end of the day, she had a checklist or some sort of uh, follow-up with you as to everything that you did. She seemed very, from what I understand, detail-oriented and very well-respected in that regard. Yeah, my mom knew where the where I was at all times, and I don't understand how. <laughs> um, I really don't. I mean, she had that light, the Life 360 app you know, in, in 1982. Um, and, and she just, ridiculous. I could be anywhere on in that ballpark or in the neighborhood. And, and she was going to run me down. Um, she had a, she had a pretty good awareness of that, but she mostly let me have my freedoms. And, and then, um, you know, took me by my collar when I needed it. And I think she was like that with a lot of people she worked with too, that players too. I, a lot of people really looked up to and respected Lib Schilt. You don't want to, you don't want to cross her, but she was uh, loving and caring at the same time. Yeah, she had your back, but she um, she'd tell you, you know, she'd tell you what time of day it was too, and and that was in, indicative. You know, there was, I mean, her last year at the ballpark was '84, and you know there was three players um, from those Double A clubs at her memorial service, and two of them that spent some time with us in the hospital before she passed, and. Uh, you know, similar sentiment, you know, that she was always there for them, took good care of them, um, was there, you know, for them personally and their, in their lives. And, and, uh, a lot of the guys that came through there, she, you know, she stayed in touch with, and she was like a, a mother hen, but she'd also, you know, she'd tell them, you know, what reality was and what they needed to hear, but didn't necessarily want to hear. And, and, um, but for their own good, cause she loved them and they, they knew that and appreciated and respected it. You told me that she listened to this show and uh, that, Oh, made me smile. I also know that she listened and watched, if not every game, just about, but probably every game, and probably had some <laughs> criticism for either your lineups or your moves, didn't she? Oh yeah, yeah. She was on it, man. She was uh, 
she knew the game. I mean, clearly she knew the working parts. And I didn't talk to her a lot about the team or what, you know, the bullpen or that. You know, I just wanted to – I'd call her every day on the same route to the ballpark or uh, basically the same time, you know, on the road. But, um, yeah, she was – she would tell you, hey, what what are you doing right there? You know, what what, what are you thinking? Um, like, Mom, just I just, you know, I want to say hello. <laughs> you know, I really don't want to, re- have to, you know, explain it to you. But she, and you know, she was on it, and uh, she was uh, clearly a huge fan and supporter. And end of the day, I knew she had my back, and she, she just wanted us to do well. And um, but she, she loved the, the, the fact the organization was so good to me and gave me the opportunities. And she, she always wanted me to do well personally, but she also, also wanted. And this is what the background of baseball was important. That she also wanted me to do well for the, for the St. Louis Cardinals. What was her reaction when you won the division and then beat the Braves in the following series? Uh, just, it's, I mean, almost speechless when we won the division. You know, so proud, happy, excited, like we all, all you know, were. And um, the Braves series is bittersweet because you know I had the um, public conversation, you know, the conversation in the clubhouse that went public, right? And um, you know, kind of sums it up, Tom, what you're talking about. I mean, you know, here's this unbelievable achievement you know um not unbelievable you know a, a nice achievement that you know to win a tough hard fought game five you know you know five game series gets a tough club and and um you know feeling good about it and she just called me and said look that's not it's not appropriate what you said and I said, you know mom that was in the province of the clubhouse i don't care you know you could have could have cleaned that up and um so she was she was um she was excited about the accomplishment for us and and uh, gave me some guidance about how she felt like I could have been and done a better job, which I, you know, agreed with. I think you won over a lot of people that day, though, for two reasons. One, a lot of people saw her like, wow, I did not know that I did not know that part of Mike. And actually, he's a lot like me. Like, I can relate to him. <laughs> like, I like that guy. But the other thing yeah. was that you that you apologized to your mom. And that, I think... Uh, warmed people up as well it was it was a human moment and we're we're yeah. human yeah it is a human moment I, you know look um i was talking to somebody the other day about it you know we, you know it's uh really a faith-based conversation but um you know look you, you're gonna have moments where just you know that aren't our best moments and um you know my my opportunities to have a lot of my moments are in public and um you know i'm flawed and uh you know listen i, I won't back down from the passion of that talk you know and and what, what was said it was supposed to be done in the confines of our clubhouse but you know what it wasn't and um i have to own that and and um you know just, uh, right when i got done you know michelle was there and i, I told her what happened i apologized to her and um she was great you know she was like look um, i love your passion i love your enthusiasm i love your competitive spirit she was great and and was um supportive of it and now, to your point, I, I think it showed a more of a human side to me than than maybe I, 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 um, people are aware of that exist. Um, you know, I just try to stay, you know, focused and even keel. I think it's an important part of of my job, and that's really pretty true to my personality as well. So, um, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, a lot, most everybody I've heard was, you know, appreciative of the fact that hey, you know, you have passion, your team's back, and and uh, that you know, and I'm definitely human. And then finally, when you won Manager of the Year, I remember where I was. I was in the car listening live on KMOX because I was out running an errand, and I heard you win, and I I was 
so happy for you. And I know that I heard later what went through your mind first was your parents, right? Yeah, I mean, that was probably the first thing. I mean, I was I was in um, Michelle's sister, twin sister Marsha's um, house, Marsha and Joe, and, and little Tommy's house, and um, in Jupiter where we were having some meetings, and Michelle was there, and you know, got a chance to celebrate that with her, and and um, you know, the staff and the staff was there too, and so that was cool. But yeah, you know, and then you just obviously grateful for the all the people that contributed to it. Cause it's really not individual award time as we've talked about. Um, but then taking that moment to say, you know what, my mom and dad, you know, little kid from Starmount, you know, in, in South Charlotte, um, you know, was able to get to a point where, um, you know, probably didn't everything it would get to. And the story is continuing because you've had a fantastic career and I know your mom is super proud of you and you have an amazing uh, group of family and friends there in that neighborhood in Charlotte. I know that. Mike Schild, it is uh, great to chat with you here on Mother's Day. We'll take a quick break at 1030. And when we come back, we'll talk some baseball. It's the Mike Schild Show. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. I'm Tom Ackerman. Back after this. Now, back to the Mike Schilt Show on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome back to KMOX with Mike Schilt. I'm Tom Ackerman. The Cardinals manager is with us up until 11 o'clock at 11.05. Hall of Famer Chris Pronger, 11.30. John Mosellock, 11.45. Chris Raby will be alongside before we get to Game 6 of the 2011 World Series. Wow. That is going to be played in its entirety on KMOX today, Mike, beginning at noon. Many believe the greatest baseball game ever played, 10-9 in 11 innings, certainly the craziest game ever played. <laughs> that game, you listen to it from start to finish, you forget all the stuff that went on in that game. That uh, that game was was amazing. Uh, I mean, that, you can't, I mean, amazing doesn't even do it justice. And uh, what a what a crazy game! What a wild game! What a clearly a very memorable and special game for our organization. Yeah, there are errors, there are pickoffs, there are home runs, there are walks, there are hits, uh, everything you could possibly want. And a 10-9 win, David Freeze's walk-off home run. That's coming up at noon today here on KMOX in its entirety. Let's talk about your club. Actually, I want to quote uh, your counterpart in that NLDS, Brian Snitker, the manager of the Braves, said this to USA Today. He said, who cares if we're playing... Uh, who really care? Uh, who cares if we're playing? Who really cares what the changes are? I just want to play. I'm willing to do whatever they decide to do, make it work, and be really good. When we start playing again, it will be good for our country. You like hearing that from another manager? And what are your thoughts on what's happening right now? And with a lot of maybes still out there, of course, uh, for 2020. Yeah, we know it's going to look different, but at the end of the day, it's, it's uh, still a game we love. It's baseball, and. Um, you know, it's going to be good to get back and we're going to get back and start playing again and give, um, you know, a nice opportunity for people to enjoy our wonderful game and, and take a little bit of a, a break and and, and uh, appreciate and enjoy and have some have some fun with the game that we all love. Is it going to look different? For, yeah, it's going to look different. Our society looks different, but it's really important that we get back on that field and start um, start throwing, running, and hitting and enjoying a beautiful game. How much are you able to tell us right now in terms of what's being discussed or parameters here? We know that there's a lot that still needs to be approved, so you probably can only go so far. But uh, in terms of what the setup could be and a possible time frame. Yeah, I, I'm going to um, pass on the setup. I, I do 
am privy and I don't want to hold things back. I like to be very transparent, but also um, the thing I can tell you about is, is that very um, confident and optimistic that um, we're going down a, a plan that we, that's been in place for, you know, a period of time and starting to get closer to being executed and what that looks like exactly as far as when and where is still being ironed out rightfully so. But, um, and I've said this before on the show, Tom, and I've been really impressed with every avenue, regardless whether it's the, the players or whether it's the ownership front office or the commissioner's office, who I've spent a fair amount of time discussing and talking through things with, um, everyone's had the mindset of playing and we've, they've really done a nice job of, of staying proactive in a, in a very reactive scenario. And this is a very reactive situation we're in and um, clearly unprecedented, but people have been really proactive to, to work towards getting us back and proactive towards a couple of different plans that are starting to take more, more clear shape. That's going to allow us to, to get back to playing, um, hopefully sooner rather than later. And if it's sooner, then, of course, your players have to start thinking and getting their bodies ready for baseball activities. But that's sort of been an ongoing thing, right? Just to sort of recap what we discussed from the get-go here when we started this show in late March is that you were going to ask players to listen to their bodies and to sort of be their own uh trainers in, in the, wherever they are in their respective areas and then as we get a little closer and there is of course a system in place to monitor them but that pretty much to that effect right to, to make sure that they stay close to themselves yeah pretty much there's been phases to it um, initially it was just a communication with everybody to get them home and safe and and uh, make sure they were getting the basic essentials and once we you know helped with that and, and we're aware that everybody was more or less in a good spot um and then it was just communication that, hey, you you know, what are you physically able to do? Encourage them to do some, something physically, which our guys are proactive. We don't have to really encourage them. We just want them to be able to support them. In some cases, guys didn't have access um, and still don't. Um, but that's a minority of, of any of workout opportunities. Um, but we were able to really quickly transition with our performance department. We did a tremendous job and still are. Uh, communicating with their players, working with them, getting them some things they can do in a home setting from an equipment standpoint. Uh, so that's been fantastic. And and so we've just stayed in touch with the guys. And now we're transitioning to, okay, what baseball activities are you doing, capable of doing? Um, and then creating individual plans for guys with them. Clearly they know what they're doing. They, they You know, these guys are – our um, professional major league players, but, you know, giving them guidance, staying in touch with them, working with them on what they're doing, how they're doing it, what they have access to. And now starting to, um, you know, put more energy effort into the volume because um, it's really about volume of, of leading up to a spring training 2.0, which again, we do not have a date for, but, you know, we're, we're working towards it and are optimistic it's coming again sooner than later. Um, and then being able to transition from, where guys are individually uh, into a collective setting. Um, and then in that collective setting, make sure that individually they're still um, getting ready for a season physically um, and emotionally, but physically ready to, to take the load of, the, of a regular season on. And as I understand it, everything's kind of still on the table in terms of location of that spring training 2.0, right? It could be. Correct. Could be anywhere. 
Uh, and Could be. yeah, yeah, and, and of course, playing in front of no fans is the assumption here because we're all following guidelines. But at some point, they they could open it back up. It just depends on what we're hearing from our federal government, from our medical experts. But I I think playing in front of no fans is, <laughs> I mean, it's something that every baseball player, manager, staff members used to. You guys have played uh, games on backfields, etc., uh, through much of your careers. Yeah, you're used to it, but I could tell you this, once you get to the big league level and you experience what that's like in the stadiums, especially like a Bush and, mm. you know, the major league stadiums that, you know, have that third or fourth deck, it's a little different and um, there's a little different juice to that. And, uh, you know, in the, like I say, especially at home, but, um, you know, playing in front of 45, 48,000 fans, um, there's, there's something special about that. And uh, I watched the South Korean baseball game last night and, you know, sitting there and, um, you know, no fans in the stands and, and you know, it's, it's going to be different. But that's our job is to make adjustments and and um, we'll do that and we'll, we'll mentally, you know, be able to figure out how that looks like and still compete to the best of our abilities every day, every day and, and, and be prayerful that not only for our game, but more importantly for our country that um, that rightfully and safely things can open up and, People start to gather again in bigger groups, um, you know, again, in a, in a safe manner. The KBO he's referring to there, the Korean Baseball Organization, that's where uh, Kwang Young Kim uh, came from, the lefty now in the Cardinals organization. My understanding is he's still in St. Louis and getting himself ready. He did not go back and was, you know, informed that, that wouldn't be the best idea to go back. So he's here in the United States. But what has it been like to watch the KBO from your perspective? I know you've you've had your eyes on it before, haven't you? Yeah, it's been, you know, it's baseball. That's the thing. Last night, um, got through with a, um, a good day with the, with the family and, um, took a shower and sat down with, with my brother-in-law, Joe, and, um, watched some, some of the KBO with Michelle and, and, um, you know, it was just good to watch baseball, you know, start to see the game and know it's live and it's, um, and we've been watching, I've been watching some, some, some games, you know, that, you know, have been taped and, that's that's great um, as well, but to see something live and you know, and to see you guys competing and playing and and uh, thinking about different things that take place during the course of a game was was fun. No doubt about it. We're going to take a quick break. Mike Schultz is with us. Our final segment coming up, we will talk a little bit about his team, more specifically some of his players. And looking ahead to 2020, we are awaiting official word for what that baseball season will look like. A lot has to be agreed upon between Major League Baseball, the Players Association, and, of course, the areas where they may or may not play. Back in a moment, it's 1044 Sports on a Sunday morning, the Mike Schultz Show on KMOX. Now, back to the Mike Schultz Show on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome back to KMOX with Mike Schilt, the Cardinals manager. I'm Tom Ackerman. It is great to visit with Mike as always. Uh, Adam Wainwright, I noticed to talk to our friend Ken Rosenthal from The Athletic, and uh, Kenny asked him about his future. He said, I talked to my wife the other day appropriate that we would start with that since this is Mother's Day. Adam said, I said, Jenny, I just don't know if I'm ready to stop playing. She said, I guess not, especially since you haven't been able to play this year. You're going to have to play next year, right? So to answer your question plainly, Adam said to Ken, I'm not done yet. I've got more in the tank. That can change on any day, but I'm having way too much fun doing what I'm doing. My wife loves St. Louis. My family loves St. Louis. 
As long as the Cardinals will have me, I'd love to play again next year. So now we have two players, Wayno and Yachty, both uh, saying similar messages that, hey, I want to play. And I, I would think that at its core is good news for you, Mike Schultz. Oh, shoot, yeah, absolutely. You know, you're talking about um, two pillars of organization, uh, on the field, off the field. I love and respect so much both of them, their competitive desire, their passion for the game. They're, um, they just, they just love to, they just, they just, they love our organization. They love our city. Um, they uh, clearly enjoy what's going on in our clubhouse and, and the dynamic of our, of our team. So, um, yeah, I'm super excited to hear that. And, um, not surprising, you know, both those guys have gone through every day that I've ever seen them with a, um, a commitment to excellence in, in their walk and, and in their actions and, and uh, in their communication. So, um, yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all, and it's encouraging. I understand that uh, he's been thrown with KK. Well, that's what he says in here. He's mm-hmm. been thrown with that. That's good. I like hearing yeah. that. Any other players that you know of that have been trying to, you know, get together and stay stay in shape together? Yeah, I think, um, you know, and they, I'm sure that everybody's being respectful to the social guidelines that are out there. Um, but I do know that um, Colton and uh, Paul are together. DeYoung have been working out together, and um, you know, so and Tommy Edmonds heading that way. They, they've all they've been in St. Louis, and uh, I know Bader and O'Neill and um, Goldie and Michaelis and Yachty are down, um, not working out together necessarily. But we're in the Jupiter area still, and uh, Brevy is down there as well. So. Um, yeah, we got groups, you know, we got pockets of guys that are um, geographically close to each other, whether St. Louis or Jupiter, and then guys throughout the country obviously doing their own deal. What's the first thing that you'll do when you gather the group and in terms of activity, baseball, how do you break this thing out? I'm not asking you to give me a schedule or anything like that, but just in general, sure. what, are you, what are you most excited about to, to get those guys together, wherever that may be? Well, you know, Tom, I'm, I'm still going to have to take some guidance from what um, – guidelines we're going to be under yeah um you know the, i gotta I, I know i don't know i don't know what it, for sure it'll look like but i know it's going to be different or what we're going to be encouraged to do um so relative to that um you know my hope is we can all get in a room and and just be together um as a starting point and just appreciate being together again and then from a baseball standpoint uh, we'll start to roll back out our our, our plan and um pick up pretty much where we left off individually and as a group. I think that it's a a game where there's so much that has been said and written about it, but camaraderie is the biggest part of it, I think. And, you know, it's because it's such a long season. And I think that you, from a human standpoint, it's natural to say, I really miss these people. Like, like this is my family away from my yep. family. Now, there's a lot of that too. Not just that, but you're, your staff and everybody else. I mean, they really are like family members. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, you alluded to earlier about growing up in that environment and people spend that much time together. They, um, you know, and, and, and you're, you're working to achieve something, you know, you're working to achieve something um, to help individuals achieve their best. And, and clearly for us as a team, most importantly, um, in, in a setting, in a team setting to get the most out of our ability and, you know, there's a lot of sacrifice. There's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and that's not even a saying. That's legitimate. Um, and when you go through that with people on a, on a daily basis over the course of a, you know, of a season and then multiple seasons with players and staff, you know, you definitely 
you definitely you know, form a bond that's that's very special and very familiar. Will it be? I think you know a shortened season. We've done this before. Like we, it's been a long time for me and for you. I guess we're close to the same age. But in 1981, the strike shortened season where they missed what 50 days of a player strike. So baseball has been down. It's not unprecedented. This is an unprecedented time that we live in. But a baseball season shortened uh, doesn't has been, has happened before. Basically, is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's not unprecedented and. Um, you know, listen, it's uh, whatever number of games are going to be, we'll accept and and it'll be the 2020 season. And um, that's the way I look at it. And I think the game will look at it and hopefully the fans will look at it and it'll, it's different, but as you alluded to different times, um, call for different measures and our game will look different, but it won't take away from the fact that we're going to have a, a season and whenever it starts and whenever it ends, that's the, that's the, everybody had a, is it going to have a fair opportunity to, to compete and, and go at a world championship? That's the other thing. I don't know when it ends either, but uh, hopefully it ends with the Cardinals as the last team standing. Wouldn't that be nice? Yep. That's that's why we play. <laughs> that's that's why we do this thing. Uh, what yeah. about so? Are you excited about uh, any other sports? And have you heard along those lines some of your favorites that are starting to have some movement too? It seems like everybody is just. Still playing it cautious, but we could have a very, very busy fall here, possibly. Yeah, no, we could. You know, um, I talked to Dabo Sweeney uh, this past week just about, you know, what they're doing, how they're doing it, um, and where their sport is. And, um, you know, looking at some of the things and talking to a few people about other sports, you know, it's there's um, similar to ours. There's momentum going towards it, but there's uncertainty and there's, clearly hurdles and there's hurdles that people don't even, you know, rightfully understand or think about. Um, and, and generally speaking, probably in the, in the public sector, but that are very, very real that um, need to be addressed and thought about before we can have some consistency. Cause the last thing we want to do is get into our season, have a, have a stoppage. Right. We want to make sure that we do this thing right. So we'll see That's right. how that goes. And it will be hopefully soon. But again, when the time is right, it will happen. And Mike Schild, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for your uh, great show today. Happy Mother's Day to Michelle. Happy Mother's Day to everyone in your family. And all the best to you. We appreciate the time very much. Yeah, happy Mother's Day to everybody. May everybody, uh, us guys, make sure you honor your wives and mothers. And um, have a blessed day, Tom. Yes, sir. You too. Thank you. There's the Cardinals manager, Mike Schilt. Great to hear from him, as always. Coming up next hour, the Hall of Famer Chris Pronger joined me for a garage happy hour. That's what we call it on Thursdays on Facebook Live. It was a lot of fun, so much so that I decided we should replay some of it. So we will do that right out of the gate at 11 o'clock. At 11.30, John Moselock, the Cardinals president of baseball operations. At 11.45, Chris Raby from our staff before his pregame of Game 6 of the 2011 World Series. That's happening today, the game in its entirety at noon. So be prepared for that. We're an hour away. Tom Ackerman with you back after this on KMOX. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.